Bike radio. Oh, hey, hello. There we Bike go. radio episode number. <laughs> what is this for? This is yeah, this is four. Number four. I'm getting confused with vlogs and bike radio and all these things. Welcome back, everybody. If you are new to the podcast, this is Josh and I cutting it up about cyclocross and road cycling for the most part. Maybe some gravel, maybe some mountain biking, maybe some track if we ever bring another guest on. Really different than what we usually do, where we're kind of just talking about things that we think about and talk about in training, just kind of shooting the poop. And that's what we're going to do right now. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing all right, man. I, I did a lot of driving over the weekend, so uh, I didn't sleep fantastic, but uh, I'll get a little nap in today. Do you think it's the driving that threw you off or... Like, why do you think you didn't sleep because you drove a lot? I think, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think it's the driving in particular, but I think it's just throwing off my schedule, you know, of like mm. chilling before bed. And I think that driving just messes up. We were in the car for five hours, so. Yeah, I almost did myself in by drinking coffee too late yesterday. It was like two o'clock, got home from this ride and it was just like, I know I shouldn't drink this, but it sounds so good. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I was pretty happy I fell asleep. My I stayed up till actually when I was talking to you, quarter to ten, which is late for me. But yeah, I hate getting off schedule. But it happens. Dude, you do a lot of driving, man. Do you have any tips for like going to races or anything that works for you? Like in regards to caffeine, will you do like if you're driving in the afternoon or something, will you then throw in an afternoon coffee? Or are you like, no, I'm definitely not, not risk if I'm it. racing because the last thing I want to be doing is laying there like, damn it, that coffee was so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, I do a decent amount of driving. I do less a little bit now. I mean, my past few years has been crazy because when I was still doing the medical device thing in Tennessee, I was going to Tullahoma, which was, uh, how long was that? Was it an hour? I think it was like a little bit over an hour, hour and 15 minutes there and back at least twice a week. And then I was driving to Memphis. And if I went from Tullahoma to Memphis, it was four hours. It's like, otherwise it was three hours. Then racing, like it was just in the car a lot. And, you know, yeah, racing, you're in, in the car a bunch. It's, I don't know. I tried to break up the ride more now than I used to. I used to be like, just got to get there. Like no P stops. Let's go. But I think it's just better get out, stretch a little bit, leave a little bit extra time for the drive. And I like driving. So it doesn't mentally bother me. I kind of just get in the groove and I always have like podcasts. I don't have a lot of time to listen to things just during my day. I don't work well and listen to stuff. So I know some people like, I think Patrick listens to podcasts while he's doing things. It just doesn't work for me. Cause then I'm like, I want to be truly hearing everything in the podcast, not just background music. So I usually queue up those and yeah, the drive just kind of flies by. What about, do you do like one head? So you don't listen to music at all when you ride? No. Okay. No. My ears get bothered by that. Like I've tried it before a bunch of different times and it's usually like, oh man, this is probably back in like, 2013 I was trying to get in a group of doing it and after a while my ears were just tired of hearing stuff and then I would take them out I'm like oh that's amazing and I don't know I don't yeah I don't need music to get like pumped up and ride and 
I just like hearing the road and like your thought, your brain. I have so many, I ride and I have my phone where like I can pull it out and I'll take, make a voice note. It is so interesting what you think is interesting when you're riding. Like the brain chemistry has to, is so different. I come home and I'm like, that's so dumb. Why did I make a note of that? Or I'll make a note of something that I should post. And then I come home and I listen to it. And the like, the buffer of like, ooh, do I want to post that on social media? Like something like personal or, you know, when you're riding the, the truth, like, you know, all your neurotransmitters, that's why I like people who do drugs at clubs, they call it like the truth serum. They talk about everything. It's because you're, you know, serotonin and everything, melatonin, not melatonin, whatever it is, your brain's just going nuts. And you're like, wow, I'll just tell you everything. When you're riding, it's a very like, your brain goes into like, I'm, I'll share about, I mean, I'm pretty sharing person in general. I don't hide too much, but like, I would talk way more in detail to somebody about something personal than if I just like, we went and got a coffee and then I come home and I listen to that. I'm like, well, that's weird. Like, I don't want to post that. (laughs) So I think just letting your brain go free and there's so much to gain from not that, not saying that this doesn't happen if you're listening to music, but you know, there was some, something that came out a while ago that was talking about, you know, one reason exercise is good is that they were seeing that moving through space is really good for our brain. Not only like the micro calculations that you're making at a ridiculously rapid pace, but it helps to just keep your brain like in shape. But I'm also thinking of just, I don't know, if you're riding and you're listening, and you're seeing, and you're just like pedaling this bike and I don't need like music and like, I don't, I don't want that. It sounds weird. As I even think about that, I'm like, ugh. So no, it doesn't do it for me. I do that. I like to queue up a little list of podcasts and that's like my endurance session. Like I look forward to that. I would, I can see podcasts. Maybe, maybe I'll try that today. Today it's freaking cold here. It's well, not Rochester cold, but it's like 40 something. And so I was going to do a couple like loops that are close by because it was supposedly going to rain. That wasn't going to rain. I'm like, I don't want to get caught in forties and rain and be super far from home. Maybe I would try that. The only thing is though, then I'm like listening to that and I, I'm not going to hear cars. Yeah. I mean, so it's, you gotta, I have the only, I wear only the right, I have the wireless headphones, only the right one. And then I have the Garmin Varia too, which helps, you know, with the beeping. So, you know, there's a car, it's not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think it was cruise. I don't know. Yeah. You know, when I was talking to um, Lexi Vermeulen there, he was saying on his endurance, we were talking about different podcasts on different days he will do, or different, you know, sounds. Uh, So he'll do like his, like, you know, interval playlist. And then on endurance days, he does podcasts, but he says what also works for him is he does classical music. He says helps keep him chill. So he doesn't go too hard. That's interesting. That would put me to sleep. I can't do classical music. <laughs> Patrick and Dave love classical music. Patrick obviously does that for work. I'm just, yeah. I just don't hear what they hear. They're like, but this is a, don't you like love this part? I was like, no, I hate this. This is the worst. I respect that they love it. I respect the musicians. Just not for me. That's okay. The, uh, so did Alexi say he listened to all of our podcasts? Yes, all of them. He's all caught up, dude. He loves them. You're like, so did you catch up before we did this interview? That's part of the prerequisite. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. I heard we had a pro cross person get snubbed by management. 
snubbed by management. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes, who, yes. But yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that does stink. I, well, I have well, had we... another team that was like their media person was like, okay, so what's your channel? Who is this posted to? What are you going to talk about? And I was like, whoa, this is kind of this is official. I was like, so. <laughs> here's the details. We only have 2000 followers. Like this is probably going to go under the radar for a lot of people. By the way, if you guys are watching this right now or listening on YouTube, please subscribe. Half of you, more than half, watch this over and over and over again and will not hit subscribe. It would really help us out. It helps the algorithm tell the world that, hey, these guys are talking about bikes and we kind of like it. And if you're listening on iTunes for the love of whoever you believe in, we have 55 reviews. We need more, please. It's a sad number. Um, and I think we just passed 85,000 downloads so that those two numbers don't match up well. So we'd appreciate the help. Plug. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. Hopefully, did did uh, Jeremy Powers reply? No, no reply yet. Jay I'm gonna, Powell, I'm gonna, I know I'm you're listening up. to this episode. Please do this. You know what I was going to ask you? I actually woke up this morning. The first thing I thought of was a, was a question for a cross. Oh, let's talk about your race. So Josh won a bike race this past weekend. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take over here. So he won a bike race this weekend. His report was, okay, so it wasn't a huge race. It was actually really small, but I took it from the whole shot and never looked back, which I think was awesome because Dan Chabanoff once said, he posted a podium picture. He said, local glory is still glory. Like getting the wins, even in small races, matter. And it's good to show up and win. But I think it also shows that you really are where we think you are of trying to get that next level. Like super small local stuff, you're going to do well. Like it's trying to make that leap. Is that a question you ask some of these guys? Like how do they feel when they went from like the Cat 1 local race to the bigger races where now they're not on the front row, they can't get on the front row? What do people usually talk like? Have you asked somebody that? You know what it that that is like. I don't ask that specific question, but like we get to it like the journey. And you know what's difficult for a lot of these guys is they've been doing it for so long. Like I look at like Cyclocross Twenty Four, which is like the pro cycling stats website for cross. And then I'm like, oh, this dude's young. He's probably been doing it for a couple of years. And come to find out, he's been racing for like nine years since he was like twelve in Europe. You know? Yeah. Um. So we talk about that and like, they learn like what they have to learn. And then usually it's about like starts and, you know, not strangely, it's like not even, I always thought about like being aggressive on your first lap, but a lot of these guys are like, it's being less aggressive on the, on the first lap because you're just burning matches and you're not making up any spots. So it's like learning how to race differently, but, but yeah, it, it's that, that exact question is kind of hard for them to answer because they're like, I haven't doing it for so long, you know, like you kind of just go into autopilot. Yeah. That's true. It's well, it's interesting. Like <laughs> I'm not going to compare myself to a cyclocross pro, but a guy had asked me, we talked about a lot of different things for his first crit. I did not tell him when the gun goes off, it's going to be mayhem. He was like, dude, so you didn't mention that this is like a hot start. And I was like, Oh, what do you mean? He's like, dude, they said go. And like people sprinted off the line. He's like, I was like, Whoa, what's happening. And I was like, my bad. <laughs> never even crossed my mind like just so it was that was actually a year ago and when I was thinking of like I'd ping people like what are your first uh crit crit tips because you know what you do forget stuff but I think that's the fun thing about working with people all across the gamut of where they're at people are like 
I'm new. You're probably not going to want to work with me. I'm like, no, you're exactly who I want to work with. You were me 10 years ago or 12, whatever, however many years ago. Like, this is, this is super fun. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. I got a, so about the race, like you just took off and, and took it. I wasn't expecting that at all. Like I, my, my plan was there was some like super, super strong local guys. Like, like there, there weren't too many guys in the race, but all these guys are legit guys. I've raced when I did like a mellow guy. I know he, I've raced sure. on the road. Is he still a cat three or is he upgraded? You know, to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know. I know he does mostly, he does some of the masters races, but he was doing the elite, those gravel races. Well, I guess the gravel races aren't really categories anyways, but okay. he, he was right there up, up there with us. And that the other dude who's on the podium, I mean, he's like a super legit mountain bike racer, you know, like he was like top 15 at Shenandoah or something like, wow. Yeah. These dudes are, are legit. Um, so no, my thought process was just to stay with these guys. I was like, I think I can wear them out with some endurance later in the race. I've been doing longer races than them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got the gap from the start. Like it was like a tarmac into like a little uphill i got a little like which which was perfect for me i was like i just took off got a little gap going up this hill went into some turns the gap kind of grew like from like one second to two seconds and then i was like you know i'm feeling pretty good i'm just going to double down and see see what, what gap i can get on this first lap and then it kept growing and growing and then i heard the announcer when i went through that it was like whatever i think 20 seconds on the first lap and i was like first lap on the first lap, I don't know, maybe it wasn't 20 seconds. My first lap was super hot. Yeah. It was like, it was, I think it was like 25 seconds faster or 30 than like the fastest lap on the day. God, but, dude. So then I was like, I'm still feeling pretty good. Yeah, you're like, like coming through and it's just like, and the gap is game over. Thank you. We're going to just pull everybody right now. So I was still feeling good. And I was like, you know what? I want to just like seal the deal early on. And like, I'm just going to make sure that these guys are just fighting for second place, you know? So I'm going to be like, cause you could, you know, that happens in these races when you're like, that dude's gone, you know, like whatever, we're not going to close this. So I was like, I want to do that. So I just went as hard as I could again for the next lap. And then I kind of just settled in. Dude, that's like in a road race. I actually have, have, there's like, okay, 50 videos that I have to make. One of them is, I'm realizing why a lot of people get pulled back when they make a move and they attack and they think that they're riding off the front, but they're not riding the course hard enough. They're like riding at FTP, like steady state. I'm like, dude, you're not going to stay away that way. And I have a, I think will be a perfect file from when I went back to Rochester of how I won this training race was chased by like 10 dudes, a lot of VO2 max, as opposed to just steady state over these rollers. But when you're saying seal the deal, the psychology or it's actually more the sociology of the group when i'm off the front even in a break it's like yo we just need to make it like two miles from the finish line we need to get it so these guys just give up and then they're fighting for third fourth whatever same thing i mean it's a little bit harder i think in cross because a lot of times for some of these courses that i've seen you can still see the person but you know out of sight out of mind it makes such a huge difference in i think any discipline i mean maybe not track you can only see somebody but um yeah two two things i did man which i think really helped was when i said yes you can't there was totally there's all these spots these races where like you double back on yourself and i can see the guys behind me Mm -hmm. i'm tried to whenever they saw me to just be putting down power so they were like oh dude this dude's like still going hard you know yeah um and then the other thing was which i tried it this course really lent itself to like like breaking it up into intervals so like i would go 
Like there was a technical parts where I'd really catch my breath. And then any part where it was open, I would just go as hard as I could knowing that there's another technical bit and I would go easy and catch my breath and then just go as hard as I could again. Over so I just did that lap after lap. Yeah. Over unders paying yep. dividends, you know? So, um, so yeah, people are scared of going super hard. And I'm like, that's what you need to do to win a race. Like you're not gonna hundred percent FTP a bike race and win it did not never ever. Hey, do you think I did? somebody made a comment? They're like, wow, you never on my Strava. Hey, you never rest. You ride more than paid pros. And I was like, I just took Saturday completely off the bike. Does my Strava look like I don't rest? Maybe I need to put in it. Cause I don't record. I don't do recovery rides. So people see big rides. They don't see the days off that I take. So maybe I should put in there like 0.01 miles, like my day off. I was like, that was a really interesting comment. I think I rest maybe not more, but some people don't rest at all. They don't take any rest day. Yeah. But they're probably thinking like, I, I think what people do is they look at like your hours for the week and they're like, what do you, what do you, what do you average in like 20 hours, 18 hours, something like that. Yeah. Maybe 18. So it, they're probably like, Oh, well he's doing this over seven days. You know, they're not realizing that you're doing back to back four hour days or a five hour day, you know, and they yeah. don't understand that there's two chill days or off days in there. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's hard to break that down. Cause even if you look at the Strava feed, it's like, okay, you'd have to go like, Oh, he wrote on one. He didn't ride on Monday. Then he wrote on Tuesday and Wednesday and he didn't ride right. on Thursday. Um, but no, I, uh, yeah, get what you're saying. And actually on the, th the thread of Strava, I had made the post about like KOMs just making me tired. Just been having fun the past couple of weeks, pretty like loosey goosey with the training. And somebody had a good question. Like, wait, so why do you think that going for KOMs doesn't make you faster? And I was like, okay, so I think you get faster. I don't one-off efforts. I don't think make you faster. Like what did that change in your physiology? I think the thing that can trick us not trick us, but mislead us is you go and do a climb. It takes you seven minutes. You go back. The next time you ride it, you now know like, oh, there was that little steep part. I need to go faster over that. And then I need to recover a little bit. You learn how to ride the KOM better. I don't think a one-off effort is making you any faster. I think, you know, it's almost similar to like getting obsessed with the Watts per kg chart. That's one effort values. And the values are super skewed. Like people that they're like, I need to be a better sprinter. My five second powers is I'm a cat three. I'm like, dude, it's massive. When you're a big person, I think my Watts per kg in there is cat three. Cause I'd have to have a ridiculous number of Watts, like 2000 to be labeled as like a cat one. I'm clearly one cat one sprints and it's not, you know, I guess it depends in a group sprint. I'm not going to win if it's a short, I don't know. This even makes me like Pmax. It's such a useless metric. Like a theoretical two revolutions of the crank doesn't show anything of your finish in a bike race. So I don't know. I just, for KOM hunting, I think it doesn't make you faster unless you were linking KOMs up. So if you went one to the next, that would, it's not even like a bike race though. Cause you're not going full blast in a bike race. Like you want to be going as easy as possible to still get over the climb. So you have something for the finish. Like, I think you'd use KOMs linked up to be like, okay, I'm going to go do these three KOM efforts. So I like stay, so I go super hard. And my last one at hour three and a half is like the finishing move. Sure. Race sim, like super good. But even that people, Oh, it is raining. People could challenge that. Like, are you changing your physiology 
I think you're mentally getting stronger. I think you're mentally tapping into going harder, but like, it's not as dialed as a specific workout where you're like stressing your body long enough in the right way to change yourself. You know what I mean? And I didn't type all that out, but I was just like, I was curious what he thought. He never replied back. But that's kind of my thought process. Like, what do you think when, and I think also because of KOMs, you dig so deep on the well that the long, the lingering fatigue over like six to eight weeks is the biggest issue. Like I was so tired three, five days ago. Like just, I went out for a ride and I was like, I've just been riding a ton because I have a week off coming up uh, off the bike. I'm going out to Denver. And so I had two really good sleeps and I came back strong. I wasn't even sure how I'd feel. I told this guy that I was riding with, I'm like, yo, dude, I was pretty wasted the other day. I slept, took the day off, slept, and I felt really good the next day. But like KOM hunting continually, it just takes it out of you. Like, what's your experience personally or with other athletes that are overly doing overdoing the KOMing? Well, dude, I don't know anybody doing, when you say six to eight weeks, that's like been your block, right? This has been like your end of season, like KOM block. Pretty much. Like it actually started, it seems longer. It was going into that North Carolina road race. Like this is actually a whole other thread of Tom kind of has me do some random maximal hill effort rides as part of training. So not even KOM just like, Hey, go crush five minutes, go crush a three minute, whatever similar to it's almost like unstructured vo2 max stuff and as i was driving back as i was driving up to rochester we did i was in ohio and i only had the north carolina road race so i was in a new place so i'm like ooh, look at all these fresh koms i'm gonna go for a bunch of them went for like 10 of them and then got to rochester went for a few went super long in vermont came back was riding gravel here went for some more KOMs and I kind of was just like still crushing it <laughs> like for me and so I was like this is kind of funny he's like well you know you're getting to the point where I kind of wanted to be unstructured like don't think about training just ride how you feel and so I was like maybe I'm just gonna ride like super hard some days and and find new routes and went out there and like I would ride a KO I'd do an endurance day then I'd be like all right I'm gonna go back and try and crush that and go back and ride some KOMs and I think it was like fun. I haven't gotten faster from it. I don't think, I mean, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I just think it's, it's also hard to monitor. It's like hard to track that progress, but it definitely made me really tired. I can vouch for that. It made me more exhausted than I had been all season long. And that was the big, like it crept up in a way that I was like kind of tired. Then I was like, sort of tired. And then I was like, I'm really tired. But hold on, let's, let's break that down. So if you're really, aren't you also like, if you're looking at a seven day week, let's, let's look, let's say you got two rest days on there. So you got five workouts, five rides rather. Okay. Are you doing right now, like five KOM hunts or is it four or is it two days? Like a typical like interval, like you, like usually we prescribe like two interval days in a week. Yeah. Are you, are those KOMs or are you doing more? Like, are you doing more hard days in a week than typical? So I would say more hard days than typical. And part of that was me being like, all right, this is my last one. Here we go. And then I wake up the next day. I'm like, I feel kind of good. Dude, Lactigo also is ridiculous. I just like bathe in that. I was 
floored at this two and a half minute one I did. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even know what the watts were. I typed it in the, the thing because it was a season PR. So there's this climb here, Matt. There's all these little gaps. There's one gap. Will Harden had it from Project Echelon. He got it like three months ago. And I rode with him and I was like, yo, dude, that mass gap time, huh? He's like, yeah, please don't beat that because that was extremely hard. And I was like, I've got my eye on it, but I, you had like you had to be in go mode. So I went on that ride. I did two minutes, 36 at 620. And it is steep. It's like, let me see if I can get the, the profile here. But we rolled up to it. And even the guy I was with, he's like, yo, this is a pretty stout time. It's 0.78 miles. You climb 230 feet. I can't see on Strava on mobile what the climb percentage is, but I mean, you're out of the saddle. So I started super hard and then like I sat down and was still just like, you know, when you feel like your tire, like tearing up the pavement, I was like, Oh dude, will I'm crushing this time right now. Got out of the saddle again. And this is my plug for lifting with your arms. People that don't want to lift with their arms. I'm like, you must not want to get KOMs because I was just cranking on the bike. I thought I heard a car behind me, which I like glanced back and I was like, no car. And I was like, it comes up and I knew, I, I mean, I ride over this thing all the time. So I could like picture almost every pedal stroke and like, when should I empty the tank and stood up once more and was like, just, I, there was no burn feeling. It was, and I was kind of like blown away with it. I did double coat of lactico though. And I did full body because I knew I was going for this effort. And I was like, okay. And I actually thought I was like, if this is not the KOM, I'm never getting it. Cause I couldn't believe how hard I was going and just got out and like freaking ripped it. And I took it. I beat him by, I think eight seconds on a two and a half minute climb from Will Harden. I was like, okay, that was legit. I cannot wait to see the Watts when I get home. And I was like, holy crap. So that was the first effort. And uh, so, yeah, we'll use that one. Like I, even though I set a PR, I think all my PRs from this year are from from massive volume and becoming more aerobic. Um, there's no replacement for volume. There's no like sweet spot. That's not going <laughs> to turn me into that. And I don't do a ton of really hard efforts. I do some maximal stuff. I should almost just share my calendar right here. Um, well, I want to ask you two things real quick. I want to go back to with you being in regards to being tired from KOMs. Do you think that's from going harder? Like, going deeper in your sessions or what I think the answer is, is you're just doing more hard sessions. Like we more talked about. Sessions. Yeah. And then also with you riding, are you, are your hours more this year than previous years? Um, they're probably on point. Let me see here. Let's open WKO here. This is going to be less entertaining for people listening to this as we look this up, but bear with us. We are so looking 20, at training peaks. <laughs> 2020, <laughs> I rode 1,098 hours, 20,916 miles, 57,900 TSS. 2021, I'm at 892 hours. 16,700 miles, 45,000 TSS, and we got November and December to go. I don't think I'll beat hours. That would be 200-hour weeks or 200-hour months. That's not going to happen, um, which is actually kind of surprising. 
God, dude, that's a lot of freaking biking. Dude, I think it's really this 2017. 2016, I started doing 800. 2018, what was I doing in 2018? Why didn't I ride less? I guess I was just busy with work. Do you get WKO up? Because all I see, I'm still stuck on your training peaks right now. Oh, dude, sorry. I was only sharing the I suck at sharing. Hang on. Desktop. Yeah, here we go. Gotcha. So, yeah, I think I will come just behind 2020 in terms of time. I'm going to go to Florida at the beginning of November or mid. And that's when my rides will go from 18 miles an hour and 2,000 feet of climbing per hour to like 23 miles an hour. It's just (laughs) insane. Just hauling. But we'll see what happens. But yeah, so I think when I look at the calendar, like it really started and I'm going to do a comparison of Watts. This was the first day I went for KOMs in Ohio. And then I went and did the bike race and this was like a maximum hill effort. I was only going for like two though, like two efforts just to keep like everything firing. This is, I always, and I, this is what I do with almost all my athletes, like a hard ride that Tuesday. People want to go too easy before a bike race. I'm like, no, you need to ride hard. If there's a training race on a Tuesday night, go do that. That would be great. I don't, you could do a crit. I have some people do a crit because that's what's around. They're going to go harder than that. But I think like a road training road race, shout out to GBCC people that I cannot, well, I can wait. I hate saying I can't wait. I'm excited to go back to Rochester for a summer and do G tour. Like I went back there and when I was getting, when I was trying to climb the ranks, um, we didn't do as many training races because I was racing so much. But I think with, you know, I've done less racing now, partly being married, partly being like, I, okay, I don't need to do every race that's on the calendar. I think I was doing like 30 races, 40 races, a couple of years. Um, like it was like stage race every weekend or like Omnium, whatever. But I think that go, having those is such a valuable tool. Um, and so then I, let's see here, did a recovery week in the beginning, started riding the gravel bike. And that's when I went for KOM. So the season was over. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go for KOMs for a couple of weeks. And let's see here. Did a few sprints. I did one KOM ride. I counted them up. I went for 14 KOMs. This was on the weekend. And I was like, oh, well, this is like a cross race. This is my version of a cross race. Wait, 14 individual KOMs or 14 KOM days? Days. Gotcha. Okay. I was like, like, you definitely definitely did more than 14 KOMs. No, I was like 50 something. I posted it on Strava. I was like, I need to not be doing these. I was doing like two days a week to answer your question. Now that I look at you. And I think really, if you want to hit KOMs, this one was a KOM day. I was like, oh, two by 20. Sounds like four by 10 minute KOMs. <laughs> um, but I had a conversation with Tom and we were just like, he's like, hey, my biggest thing right now is don't keep riding. Just don't think of it as training. Like don't. And I try to tell people that like, don't be some athletes really like structure. And I think the best way I verbalized this to a guy last night was 
I'm going to put down all these workouts. And if you go to get on the bike and you're like, I don't want to do this. This is the time to be like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to go ride endurance instead. And he's like, so what do you think of it? Like, if I just sub in endurance ride, I'm like, you can't ride too much endurance. The problem is most people don't want to just ride endurance. He's, he just likes to ride his bike. So he doesn't complain when it's like, Hey, Saturday, Sunday, two, four hour endurance rides. He's like, that's amazing. I think the only thing you want to get away from is base season being only endurance because that's what even the OGs will talk about. The people that did our like, and not calling anybody out, but the people that set up in Rochester are like, hey, we're doing base miles, endurance only. We'd be on fixed gears and we'd be climbing hills. That's not endurance. Like, and there were a couple of hills where people would definitely gas it. And we, we tried to ride it like at a decent pace and then only really start hitting it towards the end of January or February before like spring Giro's. But you were still hitting just a few efforts. And I think I'm going to be more specific with, you know, I'm realizing some athletes are so strict with the calendar that I don't think you want to do sprint intervals, but I think you want to go do like, Hey, two, six second sprints, just, excuse me, make sure that those fibers are still firing, that you're still, you're not like, you're just maintaining, you're not trying to make gains. You're just keeping things rolling because, you know, and I don't know where the study is if somebody asked me this, but like, from what I've gathered from reading different articles and stuff, you know, when you stop completely training and you go only aerobic when you do have those over threshold sessions you're going to create way more fatigue and metabolites that your body's not used to dealing with than if you just do them every once in a while like even ultra endurance guys like we had lee davis on the uh podcast and he i'll still have him do some random sprints we'll still do some vo2 max stuff even though he's doing really long 400 mile bike rides at some point, there's a no, what is it? The diminishing return yeah, of just doing aerobic stuff. Like I'm not sending him on just six hour bike rides saying only ride endurance. Then if he ever surges over it, his body's like, what the hell are you doing? Like variety, variety for everyone. It's just how much variety in each bucket do you use? He doesn't need a ton of sprint training. He needs some. He needs to go hard every once in a while. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just interesting. What about this, man? Because here's a question and um, just like a general answer. Because like we're going into, again, base season, endurance miles. And people are like, you know, the weather's turning, which is for a lot of people. If they're stuck inside and they're like, am I just supposed to ride endurance on the trainer for five days a week, week after week? And like, maybe throw, like you said, throw some sprints in there, do whatever. But um, the questions I've been getting are like, can I throw some tempo in there a couple of times a week? Can I throw some sweet spot in there a couple of times a week, some threshold, whatever? Um, Do you think there's, if someone's volume comes down, just based purely on them riding inside, should they, it's like that, those, the post that you and Patrick had about like riding at 65% or 75%, like, should they just skew their rides more towards 75? And I know this is like a very individual question, but I want kind of wanted to see if you had general ideas on that. Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think it's kind of like baking a cake, right? You can't just turn the heat up to a certain extent. And I think, you know, even you're riding endurance, it's aerobic. It's not like anaerobic fibers aren't working. But I think if you think about it on a sliding scale, 
tempo is really supposedly the most, and I've talked to Tom about this a bunch and he's, he's very deep into the physiology of things. And he's like, dude, that's really when you start activating those anaerobic fibers. Cause we, he made the comment of, Hey, you still kind of do tempo on these climbs around you. But as I made that post, my total time of tempo or the ratio of it versus my endurance rides hasn't changed much. So I don't think I'm riding too much tempo, which I really went in with the hypothesis of I have to be based on how I'm climbing some of these hills. There's just no getting over it without doing it. Or I'd be going super, super slow, which I wouldn't be opposed to. But um, I find a ton of value in tempo because of there's a lot of tempo in a lot of types of bike races. And it's also... If you're lightly engaging anaerobic fibers, but really still riding aerobically, your body's super smart. It's going to figure out how to be efficient with that. And there's a lot of time when you're pushing tempo watts over, whether you're doing gravel, whether you're doing a long, granted, if you're doing a two hour road race, okay, maybe there's not a ton of tempo, but if you're doing a four hour road race, when you start to fatigue, there's gonna be more tempo. So if you're riding an hour and a half indoors, whether this is the right answer in terms of precise physiology, here's how I look at it. I would kill myself if I had to pedal zone two inside for only for 90 minutes. So even if this is worse off physiologically for me, I'm going to get to February and hate biking. So if I was stuck inside, I would say more, I would say, okay, you know what I need to do? I'm going to do some aerobic stuff outside. I'm going to go ski. I'm going to embrace the weather. I'm going to go hike and make sure I'm hiking hard enough that my heart rate gets to whatever BPM. And then later in the day, I'm going to come in, I'm going to warm up. I'm going to get on the trainer and I'm going to ride endurance. Or maybe you're like, I need to ride some tempo. Do like three by 10 minute tempo. You don't need to do a 60 minute tempo blast because your body can. I think that's when you're like, use it so that it breaks up the ride and I wouldn't personally ride a trainer more than 90 minutes. I never rode. There, there was a winter where I was doing some crate, like if the weekend, this was probably 2013. Also, I had done like some three, four, I think I did a five hour roller ride just because I was like, I need to get the miles in. Like people are going to kill me in the spring. It sucks though. It's horrible. Like I didn't like driving to ski. I had, it wasn't into hiking yet. So can you? Yes, but I would use it sparingly. Like you still want to try to ride endurance as much as possible. But if you're going to hate it, then it's not. I mean, this has to be fun also. I would not ride Sweet Spot because I think it's just way too hard. I think Sweet Spot, it's good if Sweet Spot doesn't feel super hard. It means that you, you know, you can ride hard. But again, what is that doing? You're creating way more fatigue and metabolites than Tempo would. You're, you're definitely focused on pushing if you're riding like 90, I'm going to call it like 93%. People are like, oh, well, sweet spots are the really 88%. It's like, okay, now there's so many definitions of like the exact percentage. That's really more tempo. Like let's call it what it is, low threshold. If you're riding low threshold, you're focused, you're putting out effort. I don't know. I don't really think that's making you much faster. I think you're riding well above what the, and again, this is very individualized, you're riding above what you're going to maximally clear lactate at. So you're not really improving that. You're kind of producing lactate. You are producing lactate, but not as much as you rode threshold. Like if someone wants to do sweet spot, I'd be like, dude, just do threshold. Like, cause even threshold is just 
more lactate tolerance than sweet spot is. Sweet spot is truly, to me, the dead man zone of not accomplishing much. I know people love it because it feels like you worked out. You know, you should feel like you worked out. Go do a VO2 max set. Like a lot of people are like, well, I'm just not ready for that. I'm like, then that means you're tired. <laughs> Literally <laughs> sweet spot is the cop out. I kind of want to work out, but I don't want to go hard. Okay, it's the, CT, the CTL hard? booster, man. What's that? It's the CTL booster. Oh, God. That's like, yeah, I just wanted to throw up there. So, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I think people are just confused with that. Like, this is not, you know who's doing Sweet Spot? Richard Simmons. He's like, yo, let's get a body pump. Let's <laughs> do Sweet Spot. That's who I picture when people are like, I love Sweet Spot. Some of these freaking calendars that have like 16 weeks of Sweet Spot. Like, How are you doing this, man? How are you, like, I like, well, I hate it, but I want to get faster. I'm like, God. Well, I think, dude, going back to riding inside, like you said, and, and diversifying and doing some hiking, doing some other things, I think going into this season for a lot of people, it's looking long-term. I think some people want to blast it on that first week or the first couple of weeks or maybe that first month, but it's like, it's just like going into the gym, right? Like you're not going to start hitting max, your max, not your squats on your first week. You got to ease yourself into it. And like, think long-term, like, am I still going to be enjoying sitting on the trainer three months from now, you know, so start off slower and work your way into it. You got to be patient and you gotta, you know, like it's, if you live somewhere where riding is not possible, it sucks. And you want to ride. I mean, you can consider a fat bike, but then you might have to drive to where they have like trails that you can ride. I bought a mountain bike because I thought it would help in the snow. It's just like in Rochester, once it snows, it's just there's 80 feet of snow and you just can't ride anywhere. And I was like, oh, now I have this mountain bike and I didn't spend enough money to make it like a really nice mountain bike. So I'm never going to want to ride it. That was a waste of, I didn't know. I'm trying to think how much I spent on a mountain bike. Wasn't worth it. Sold it. And yeah, I, I think, I think the key is varying up the activity. That's just it. Kind of, and then once you have a base of doing another activity, like, so I'm going to be in Colorado and I'm like, I'm going to find, I'm going to go do a two hour hike somewhere. And all I need to do is bring a pair of these boots. It's very weird. I would see people in like airports wearing hiking boots. I'm like, that's so weird. Like, is that their style or why, why would your hiking boots are so comfortable? Have you ever like really <laughs> rocked? I'm like, I might be going all in on Solomon and now I get like Instagram. I must be like hiking boots into my phone. Cause now it's like, Hey, you should buy these Patagonian boots. They're on sale. I'm like, those look pretty awesome. Dude, you should do a hiking post. Cause I was going to ask you this. Like, what are you wearing? What do you bring on hikes? You know, like I did that vlog. Did you see it? Did I know you did, that? but I'm saying people probably want specifics on like, what type of shoes would you recommend? You know, are there, I don't know. Are there different types of hiking boots yeah dude there's like do you get waterproof that can keep water out but if water gets in it's never getting out and i was like oh am i gonna be hiking in the rain or not the grip do you want high or low i'm saying high because there have been a couple times where i almost totally messed up my ankle and i think the high boot helped or mid boot it's not like up to my shin uh yeah like do you go backpack fanny pack did you know you can lock the Garmin screen? I would never need to do that on the bike. If you put it in your pocket, like that's a super sensitive screen. You're like pausing things. It's really, so you can lock that. I almost bought a watch for like $400. And then I realized I could lock the screen. That was, I didn't, I didn't know you could lock the edge. Yeah. Cause I lock my, I wear the watch for cross races and I lock it. Cause inevitably I'll just turn it off. You know, yeah, it'll hit exactly. my wrist. I was like, yeah. Oh, I paused that. Sweet. Now this didn't record. So it didn't happen. 
um yeah you just hold the power button and it's like lock screen pops up you click it and so it's pretty cool sweet yeah maybe i'll do a hiking pose i was actually thinking about that but that'd be good idea and you know what i just wanted to touch on this real quick in regards to like finding i talked about this when we did that the, i don't know one bike radio ago with me you and patrick about i think people always want to find like that miracle like this is what i can do that's going to be super easy so that i don't have to spend four hours riding inside or whatever and it's like just just it's not there, there isn't some miracle answer here you know and like just do what works for you and just like you said think about all the other like people like i'm going to get cross-country skis and they spend a month finding cross-country skis and then they find out it's 90 minutes to the cross-country ski center and they do it one time and it's like uh but the dude you could have spent all that effort just doing a couple 90 minute rides inside or an hour ride inside or go walk around your block or something you know find i keep thinking about we we're talking about strength training for athletes and meet the athlete where they are and it's I like dude that. just like just go where you are you know like figure out what works for you it doesn't have to be perfect but long term as long as you're consistent i think it's going to be fine you know I think it's ride and then do all these things that support your riding, whether it's walking so that you're in a different, you're not like this all the time, or that's why I think strength is great. I'm going to go in the basement here. I would have always like poo-pooed on, on working on the basement. I'm loving these rear foot elevated split squats. I'm like, they're just killer. I'm going to do those. I just don't have the time right now to go to the gym, which sounds like a cop-out, but it's just, it's 20 minutes there. I'm out of gym things at this place. I went, I'm going to a new gym. New gym is going to mean they're going to want to talk to me, blah, blah. I just need some more time to do that. I'm going to do this in my basement. I'm going to do a little bit more work. I'm going to go for this ride, finish up work. I mean, it's just where I'm at today. And that's better than not doing, being like, okay, I don't have the perfect setup. I'm just not going to lift yet. And then four weeks pass. And you're telling me that over the past four weeks, you couldn't have done stuff with body weight, or someone's like, I don't have weights. I'm like, get a milk jug and fill it with dirt. Seriously. And they're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, it's the same thing. It's the, you know, and you're going to hold, you're gonna just be careful because you're gonna have to hold it in like a weird way, but like figure it out, do something. It doesn't have to be that hard. So what's, um, there's actually talk about fitness. I think an interesting thing, I came across a post that was like, maintain all your FTP gains that you've made. Like you've worked hard for them, keep them going. I'm like, but that's kind of the, the wrong message. Like your FTP might go down in the off season, preseason. I, I, I don't like off season off off season. People are like no training. Or like I don't have to have focus. This is when people like athletes will leave. Like I'm good. I'll see you at race season. I'm like, dude, are you going to start training again in January? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, you're missing out. Like this is it's not as a friend, I don't even care if you go for your, from, from like the business standpoint, like we're good. Not, I don't know if that comes across the wrong way, but I just want to be honest with people like, Oh, it's just a weird plug. This is number one. When like, well, I back to my first coach Minerva, who was just a friend helping me. I was like, yo dude, this is when you train, like you need to not be a party animal right now. You need to train because when it's March, like you need that four months behind you. And I was like, oh, wait, train are we training during the season? Like, yeah, dude, you're still riding, but this is when you build the aerobic foundation. This is when you get strong. You need to come out ready to be able to handle a bigger load in April, May, June, July. Then if you're just, I don't want to use that term and you're just screwing around doing like 10 hour weeks. Cause that's like when you have time, like make time now. And I just thought it was interesting that somebody posted that of like, 
got to maintain all the gains like the gains are going to switch like you're going to gain strength you're going to do more aerobic endurance you're trying to hit volume off season if we want to call it that is volume i really think we need to call it like we had called it power phase i was like well it's not just power like aerobic i guess it is base mouth it's aerobic based training like bill or foundational training i've heard i actually kind of like that term i can't remember who used that um aerobic base i see base is tricky because then people are like what the hell does base mouth even mean it's just like an old school like setting i like found put the foundation foundation, man foundation Foundation. is good i think i feel like base is yeah base seems too much like uh this is like i I don't know my mind goes to like super boring you know like okay i'm (laughs) okay just ride you know foundation Um, though is that like already taken by i don't want to approach somebody else's term and i don't think we need to make a term yeah yeah. like the non-competition phase (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it just and then we've talked we made that post like why ride endurance like this sets the this sets you up for success later in the year and big we need to call like volume training get like that yeah for sure foundational volume foundational I'm, i take little notes here so i can like we'll make these videos and then i go to type the show notes I'm like damn what did we talk about for the past hour this is our best episode yet by the way I'm i was just, dude that's super smart i've seen you with the notes because what i'll do is i'll go back and i'll just I'll, I'll move the cursor like i'll go every 15 minute increments i'm like what are we talking about okay no what are we talking about okay no <laughs> that's why podcast notes for me are like few and far between because i'm trying to like be on point and like thinking of the questions and like what's the next thread with the person that i like just don't even have time to make notes and i like like all right and i like just really want to do a good job to respect that person's time of sharing their time with us like who the hell are we to somebody like someone was like dude tom skewns like what he was on your podcast like i know it's incredible and shout out to alex he's a massive help in getting these athletes on board with talking to us but i'm just like trying to keep it flowing and have them having a good time, like still getting the pearls out of them. We like stop I'm like, all right, made it. I'm like, all right, wait, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> so it's, sometimes the show notes are not uh, to the T. Damn it. It's wet outside. I'm not. Dude, it's pour, it's pouring here, man. So it's if not just you. Stay wet. I'm not riding. It said yeah. it was going to come through with like 15 mile an hour wind. So I was hoping it was going to blow that dry, but at least it makes me, I didn't wake up early. I was going to do the lifting before this. And I got up and I was like, I'm tired. And I had to, I'm working on this mega project, dude. If this, this is going to be sick if this happens, but. Um, hey, I got a project update I want to ask. And I think we've, I don't know if you've given a date on this, but dude, the store for getting some, some stuff. So the store is, is, do I have a shirt? No, I have my lifting shirt on. The store, the first print was good, but they came out looking a little distressed. And I was like, yo, dude, on the black shirt, the white ink, it's not like white. He's like, ooh, that's kind of our style. Let me reprint some. And they're double printing. And then I was like, yo, did these ship out yet? And they're like, oh, dude, we dropped the ball and we did not send those. We're going to get them in the mail. So the store is ready. I'm not putting the link. Like people could actually physically go order stuff right now. I just want to make sure everything's dialed. This is the first time we've done shirts. And I and really there was deep down inside of me, I was going to send it out to like the core group, which are the people that I want to make sure it's totally money for. Uh, and I was like, well, we've waited three years. Let's wait two more weeks. And so hopefully the shirts get to me before Denver. If not, I should have them next week and then we'll let it go. I'm super excited with, um, let's do a little preview. Let me see if I can do this without putting the link up. Cause I don't want somebody to go there and buy things and then be pissed off if it's not 
Uh, well, I'm stoked, man, because I want to get a hat. Because like uh, I'm like always oh, wearing hats. Hats here. are still TBD. Oh no! I know. Uh, I can't cover up the website, so I'm not going to show you. Let me see if I can do. Let's do this. Do, do, do. I got a I got a bounce here in a few minutes. Um, okay. Yeah, I kind of call you it can, eight. But you know, you know what else, dude? Talk. You know what else I wanted to talk about, dude? Was um, dude, I follow Tom, your coach, on Instagram. Yes. Dude, he destroys hill climbs, man. That's his thing. That's what he's doing yeah. now. He's like every every weekend. I feel like it's I got the win and got the course record. I'm like, dude, this yeah. dude is crushing it. Dude, he's his VO two max is like eighty three or 87 or some ridiculous number and so i was like so wait why aren't you winning he's like so that's the funny thing why am i not winning like world tour races there's obviously more than just vo2 max he thinks it's a lactate clearance issue that's why he's but he's dude he made a comment to me this will be my humble brag which i hope i never do uh i really you know that's the one thing i hesitate with putting all this content now that we've like we're still super tiny right but it's really funny and that i forget that we have like 10 new people each week, like, Hey, 10 new people on YouTube, you know, a few more downloads on the podcast that if people don't know us, like this really just started, this is, I guess the term like in the garage, like we just started putting out like, Hey, let's share our stuff. I hope in sharing things, people are like, man, these dudes just like talks about his own training a lot. Like that's really why this started. Like, Hey, this is what I'm experiencing my training. Let's talk about it. I hope it doesn't ever come across as like humble brag, but my humble brag to Tom, who I respect a ton as a coach athlete dude's national champion i should actually pull this up and i was like uh let me see what i said oh so his last win i was like okay dude since we've become friends i have to give you a ribbing you wore your helmet on the podium and he's like dude it was it was right at the end of the race. We had like barely finished. And they're like, hey, here's the, like, it was at the finish, not back where the cars were. And he's like, it was super cold. Uh, he goes, I was super cold. We were at the, uh, we were right at the top of the hill rather than the bottom where our clothes were. And he goes, I figured it was either that or helmet hair. And it was, and I just jumped on top. He goes, can I be pardoned? And I was like, dude, I'm only, I would never be able to give a ribbing to an athlete of your level, except for you, since I know you much more beyond like an Instagram, like, Hey, we're friends on Instagram. Um, and he goes, well, I don't know about what did he say? Oh, he goes, okay. Totally agree. Not so sure on your comment of better cyclist though. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? You've won like legit national championships. The, yeah and so i was super like <laughs> it made me blush i was like man yeah you know even to my coach i'm like man he thinks i'm pretty good to even say that yes <laughs> so it was really a good like uh motivational boost to get from tom so tom thank you for that wonderful compliment it made me feel really good so yeah go to your thing go to your call i have to pee so bad too and coffee and we will talk to everybody soon i was trying to think oh i got i made a cbd post and I've already had two emails that came in. They're like, okay, man, I've been following you. And I thought that stuff was BS. And it was pretty funny. You just posted about this. I've been taking those pain capsules and I, I still don't want to believe it. And I'm like, listen to the podcast. That's exactly what me and the owner of the company said. Like, I don't want to believe that this is CBD. We'll talk about it later on the next one. And I've got a vlog coming out and that's it.
Sweet. Thanks, I got some inter- I got some interviews coming this week too. So some cross dudes. So awesome. I'll post awesome. this today and we'll shimmy the schedule around. Love it. Bye.